Hey guys, welcome to For The Kudos episode 18. This episode is brought to you by Pillar Performance. Leaders in sports micronutrition, Pillar Performance are changing the way micros are viewed when it comes to optimal performance. High strength and informed sports certified, Pillar's range supports optimal recovery, elevates energy, boosts immunity and relieves inflammation. I am your host, Joel, and I'm here with Brett. How are you doing, Joel? Is it Brett or Brad this week? Brett this week, definitely. <laughs> no trip to the cafe? Uh, no, I haven't been at the cafe again since they stuffed like that. <laughs> it sucks because they have the best bacon egg roll I've ever had. Um, <laughs> but I hold grudges. So. What? <laughs> what cafe is it? I'm not giving them a shout yeah, out. Yeah, true, <laughs> actually. Yeah, no way. No chance. But, uh, Thanks. Yeah. Thanks to uh, Pillar, we were able to put food on the table another week. Yeah, so I'm not, I could, but I, I'm not going to buy any more bacon egg rolls. <laughs> yeah, so. True. Um, you were actually here drinking some uh, triple magnesium. Yeah, from Pillar Performance right now. It is, to be honest, it's it's one of the best tasting mm. drinks. Very yummy, like absolutely unreal. Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Adding this, the like sound effects of that. When do you have yours? Um. Well, whenever you're not looking, and yeah, yeah. I, can, I can run into you. <laughs> yeah, this is why I made you make them today because I'm like they're coming out of your <laughs> my yeah my one because yeah yours yours is diminishing pretty exactly. Quick. Um, I have mine usually before bed. I read yeah, I read that um on I think it was on one of their Instagram posts. There was an interview with Jan Fredino, and he said that he had it before bed because it helps him like sleep. Yeah. Obviously, the magnesium and it helps you relax. Um, and yeah. I don't know. It's it's definitely it's definitely working for me. Yeah, I slept great last night, and I had some before bed. So there you go. That's it. I feel that. But um, yeah, moving on. I hope everyone enjoyed the uh, Q and A with Jess Rothwell. Um, I think a lot of good information in that. So if you haven't listened and you want to, you're running Gold Coast. I'll go and have a quick listen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe but, maybe put the headphones in the warm up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did you see how many qu- questions we got? Um, like I reckon we got a good yeah a good amount of questions after we'd released the episode and they were like really in-depth like questions about the stuff and I'm like we've already done the Q&A yeah, yeah. what do we do now we don't have we don't have Jess on on, on uh, call, on call. Yeah. like her pager goes off at four in the morning yeah. it's like, someone's got a question down yeah. the fire pole well that's why we said where you can uh, go and see her um, yeah. because I think it, it does make a huge difference if you have like a real specific plan. So For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, that was, that was it, I think people just appreciate hearing um, someone answer questions that actually are qualified to answer them. Yeah. Or two maybe, that think they do. Maybe just start sending her DMs and just, she, <laughs> she's a really nice person so she'll probably reply to you. <laughs> yeah. just, just cut out the middlemen. Yeah. We also uh, have Ollie Hoare interview. Um, we spoke to him, what, a few days ago? Yeah. So adding that on to the end of this show, he's. Uh, I actually personally didn't know Ollie at all. I think that was the first time I'd ever spoken to him. Yeah. So he's um, the man can speak. Yeah, it was good. It was it was uh, it was an easy interview because yeah, he he was really good to speak to and was happy to just That's tell it. us anything we wanted. So if there's um, any elite athletes that are listening that listen to us, we know there's a few. And if they're listening, going, I wouldn't mind being interviewed. Well, just make sure you talk a lot. Yeah, because if we come off that interview and we've had to talk and fill in the gaps. It's probably not going to get aired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, in fact, we do we do like six or seven elite athlete interviews a week, but only one of them makes it. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the you would have seen this on Instagram. We've been pumping it out. The, and on the Strava Club. On if the you're Strava. not a member of the Strava Club, yeah, go and join it. Join the Strava Club and then click 
attending to our FTK shakeout this Saturday. It's uh, in Gold Coast. Um, what is was this? The Surfers Paradise Arch. Arch. Yeah. So that's just going to be a, a real chill 15 to 20 minute jog. Um, it's pretty much just like a meet and greet for us to be able to, you know, sit, meet a lot of you guys. Um, seems like there's going to be a pretty good turnout. Whether, yeah, whether you're cooling down from the half marathon um, or, or yeah, run shake the out. marathon the next day. Shake but it's, um, yeah, it could be some not so nice weather. Yeah. So we'll, Bring uh, your raincoat. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if everyone running the, Half of the marathon, I reckon some Vaseline is going to be needed yeah, <laughs> for, for your entire body. Yeah, so. I was going to say, all over. Yeah, um, especially if you're in the marathon. Like I think the the worst thing is when you get to 30k and you're worrying about some yeah. chafing or, or like a blister or something like that. So yeah, I think a good little tip is to get put Vaseline on all those. Yeah, definitely sensitive spots. And see, seeing seeing all the. Uh, blokes running out in their white singlets and you just go, yeah. oh, that's going to be a bad yeah. look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There was the guy um, that won the marathon. Yeah. He was from Japan and he um, he was bleeding from his nipples. Yeah. Wow. But it, at first it looked like he was wearing two Japanese flags. <laughs> like cause he had a white singlet with these red, red dots. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was just dripping down, down. Like, oh, no, it's like, blood. The ink, yeah. the ink's run out on those flags, yeah. mate. <laughs> That's yeah, so funny. So, but it happens to everyone. So you got to be a bit of Vaseline helps definitely. Do you know what's? Can you remind me of the probably the favorite in the marathon, the Japanese guy? Um, Kouachi, his, Kouachi, Kouachi, Kouachi. Yeah, Kouachi. Yeah. Do you know some of his world records? Have you looked through? No. I was talking to. I was in seeing Steve Dineen this morning. He fucking friend of the show. He gets a bloody name drop mm. every week. Um, he was talk. I was asking him like, who do you think is like the favorite? And we were, he brought up he's got this like really obscure list of world records and it's like he's run 105 marathons under 220. Yeah. Uh, he's run, he's got the world record for the closest um, time between sub 210s. He's run, it was like 209.15 and 209.05 and they were two weeks apart. Yeah, it's crazy. Something like that. And then he had, and then I think he's the record for sub 209. And that was like six weeks apart. Yeah. Just it's ridiculous. The depth is just absolutely. And then also won Boston Marathon as yeah. well. So it's like, that's right. It like has those crazy things. Like the sub 221, like you wouldn't think that the guy who's won Boston yeah. is also the guy who's run 105 sub 220s yeah. kind of thing. Like, I think um, what the other one, I think he did this in like 20, I don't remember the exact year. We should really be better at knowing <laughs> this. I'm coming in spitting out facts and I don't yeah. know the full facts. But in one year recently, he ran 12. Marathons under two sixteen. Yeah. I think it was. He's um. If like, I've gotten any of those questions wrong, send Steve Dean a message and say yeah, exactly. you challenge all the wrong facts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame me. Um, he's like a cult hero. Yeah, in Japan, definitely. it's like everyone's like you go to a dinner after the race. Um, and it's like a big dinner with like heaps of athletes and all of these people coming up getting photos with him. Yeah, like he's he's a, and you're there going. One. What about me? <laughs> no, <laughs> you I, want a photo of me? I pay. I paced him one day, so he was loving me. Have you ever got his autograph? No. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about autographs, you've got a really nice autograph. Thank you. Yeah, you, you need a bit of work on yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No one's asking. You don't for get mine. do it often. No, so. <laughs> no one's asking for mine. It's fine. But yours is uh yeah like I've seen. 
um, for anyone who wants Brett's autograph, ask him for it because it's really nice and clean. But don't ask him to write a message. Because I know. the accompanying message will be written. Lo- <laughs> You'll be like, did he use like a crayon? You're like, which that? one's the autograph and which one's the message? <laughs> exactly. <It's> like- <laughs> exactly. Your handwriting is probably the worst handwriting I've ever seen. Oh, it's so bad. You throw up a pretty good piece though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally dressed like that today as well. (laughs) Ten listeners just go, fuck, that was a funny joke. (laughs) Yeah, when you got a podcast at two, but paint trains at three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Um, All right. Let's, uh, yeah, so hopefully see see a lot of you guys out there on uh, Saturday for the the shakeout. 9.30 at the Surface Paradise Arch at the end of Cavill Avenue. Yeah, we'll be run straight from the race to there. Yeah. And it'll be, yeah, so we don't want to go any fast because yeah, we'll it'll be really. And also for those people that are stressing, um, you know, a lot of people the day before a marathon, they're not going to want to run at a certain pace. Or, you know, they're just going to, you're going to want to do what you want to do. So pretty much the point is we all meet and then people can just, if someone wants to run 30 minutes, if someone wants to run. 15 minutes. Um, obviously, there's going to be like 5,000 of you guys there. So it's going to be yeah, hard to call. There'll be someone for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and if you don't want to run, come down anyway yeah. if you're in the area. Come come say hello. Yeah. Um, training weeks? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was, my, my brain was like, is there, are we missing anything else? <laughs> oh, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get into it. Uh, yeah. So I mentioned last week, well, when we were recording, I was. A bit sick, so yeah. I um, started off with a on, on Monday when I woke up. Like a, yeah, woke up. My throat was pretty sore, and I had to see Steve the Neen as well. Later that, oh, at like ten, so I'm like oh, I was kind of rushed for time. Yeah, so I did only did a thirty minute run. Um, it says twenty eight because I stopped my watch and forgot to start it again. But <laughs> I promise it was thirty. Um, yeah, so I felt I felt fine running, and then that night did another forty five. Because um, I was feeling better, but uh, you always wake up with a bit of a sore throat when you're sick. Definitely, like because you whenever start, you wake you yeah. whenever you wake up, it's the <laughs> what was that sound? <laughs> <laughs> <Go on. laughs> a third time. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. It's it's especially like colds and stuff. You mm. wake up feeling the worst, and then throughout the day, you generally feel start to feel better. Yeah, and then by night, you shit again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 45 in the evening, and yeah, I was feeling feeling good by then, and then. Tuesday went to training. We had four by two k, and I was, um, yeah, I was just still like, right, I don't want to push too hard just because of this sickness. So, um, it was still a good session though. Like, I actually felt pretty good. I think my times were well. This is Bridges, so Bridges is probably like, I don't know, five eight seconds slow. What uh, fast? Le- less less than Le- a two k. Yes, how, we've spoken about this. We think it's yeah, it's about five. Five seconds left, but then also you've got two. Well, you've Very got one. Yes, yeah, one pretty sharp turn up a hill, and then one really sharp yeah. turn, which you totally slow down. Um, and we sort of think, well, that's it's the equivalent. It's the equivalent of, yeah. of probably end up being pretty similar to a two k. Yeah, especially it's like you know maybe there's maybe the time is equivalent to like a two k on the track. Yeah, yeah, because it's yeah, like probably. uphill. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, I was like five forty five, five forty five, five thirty nine, five. 38. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. And because I was like, felt pretty kind of in control. So, um, that night I did a easy, yeah, half an hour. Um, I've just moved to Hawthorne. So, kind of making some uh, new new loops. Um, what do you mean making new loops? You used to live in Hawthorne I know, for a good this two is like years. Different, <laughs> this is like a K away. So, it's like, 
do you there's no real loop you can do from so from our old place I used to run from there for an hour run yeah. run from there to the tan do a lap of tan back exactly an hour now if I run from my place and do that I'd get there it'd, it'd be 80 minutes yeah it's like just the way you get oh, I guess I can take like maybe for shortcuts but um, yeah it's too long like I ran there today pretty much from mine to the tan and it was like 33 by the time we got there yeah do you remember that um, just now remembering where you now moved to the um, that hill and you and I went on that Arvo run and I said you won't catch me by the top of the hill or you owe me like 200 bucks. We're doing an Arvo run <laughs> yeah. and we were sprinting literally 215 <laughs> yeah. as hard as we could and you were trying to catch me and we are full on sprinting and then I think we were sore for two weeks yeah. after. <laughs> this is years ago by the way. Yeah. This is- <laughs> Yeah. When we I were young and dumb, dumb shit like that. <laughs> yeah. It was so ridiculous. I used to be able to do that. I used to be it like, was mid-COVID and we had uh, no races coming up for ages and we were just like fucking bored and we were just yeah. being dickheads. <laughs> I used to love doing shit. Like someone would – I would kind of see someone like in a distance and, and I'm like, all right, they're going to see me. So I'll just sprint yeah. as hard as I can and they'll just see me sprinting across <laughs> an oval or something like that. And it's like now I'm like, if I do that, I'll be so slow. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny like when we when we were like in our early 20s, you know, think about what you, like most early 20s people would be doing for fun and like mischief yeah. and like ours is like, oh, we went a bit quick on the naughty <laughs> yeah, run. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wednesday morning, uh, an easy hour. Um, I think it was just solo. Yeah, I was trying to think, did I run with you? Like, I felt like we did a run. Was it that Wednesday run we did together? No, maybe not. Where do I even run from? Jeez, this is good Looking radio. At, yeah, no. This is real good radio. No, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, no, I just by myself. So an, an easy hour, four thirteens, and then pulse run that night. Good little turnout. Um, I started from here. Jordy Williams come first time. He's actually lifting as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, and then uh, also remember, guys, following on from the uh, from the inside running podcast joke. There's our complaints department runs through Geordie Williams. So if you've got any complaints. For <laughs> Was this, that a joke in it? Yeah, don't you remember that? <laughs> All complaints for the podcast runs through Geordie Williams' yeah. inbox. So if you if there's anything you don't like about this show, you just send Geordie Williams a DM and he'll process it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put his uh, email and his number in the, in the description. <laughs> yeah, his, his mobile number and home address. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Actually, his home address is your home yeah, address. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, and Thursday morning, we won't spend too much time on this because we're above this kind of humour. But <laughs> I had a threshold at um, at the lake and nearly shot my pants halfway through. So That's not nothing funny about that. I know, not, not funny at all. It happens. Um, the toilets was closed, so I was like, oh, I'll be all right. And I had to go to the toilet during it, so I had to walk to the toilet. <laughs> and then I... By the time I got to the toilet... And You're walking was, bow-legged to the toilet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy's yeah, been horse riding. Well, Lockie, Lockie Connell and uh, Thorpey came past and they're like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I was going to go to the toilet. <laughs> yes. And Lockie's like, yeah, I thought you were running a bit funny. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd stop for like, I don't know, a while. So I was like... Oh, Why was the toilet locked? Which one? No, so the one where like at the VIS car park, yeah. that one is locked. Really? I don't know why. And you didn't want to go to the other ones? Well, no, I just, other side oh, of the I, I just thought it'd be fine. Yeah, that, then, that's a rookie mistake right there. Yeah, I know. I thought I would be fine. No, because I mean, so place. Jordy, yeah, we don't go into this team lunch, but Jordy's been making me coffee in the morning. It's just too weak. Too weak. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, so what'd you do? You just ended up, you pulled out. So it. I did four K threshold and then yeah. like went to the toilet and I was like, oh, that's enough. Yeah. And then just kept jogging. Yeah, um, that's fine. 
yeah, took so, it anyway. And then, yeah, I messaged Nick. I'm like, oh, and I told him. I'm like, do you want me to do more on Saturday? And he's like, no, nah, we train enough that missing half a session, like, yeah. isn't going to make a difference. I yeah. was like, you get in more trouble trying to chase it if you're definitely like yeah. what are you going to do go and do 4k the next day or like do yeah, another yeah. 6k or that night or something like that and then you've you've brought that recovery between yeah exactly that and wattle park pretty close yeah i know i thought i could do four laps at wattle park because apparently i have done four laps at wattle park as well so really? yeah how do you know that people like, tell me i'm not i don't remember it though. <laughs> <laughs> so i'll let the legend go on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah Evening run that night too. Um, no afternoon runs in Narva <laughs> because it's evening, dark. But evening run that night, you're still changing, <laughs> changing up <laughs> descriptive words. I think it was shortest uh, day of the year. Yeah, what's that called again? Winter solace. Yeah, solstice. Is it solstice or solace? What? Well, some. I think they're different. But if it's winter or summer. True. Fuck. Anyway, this is a running podcast. We don't need. To <laughs> yeah. We can bring Nick Earl on to talk about that. Um, Friday. An easy hour again. Jeez, my training's pretty boring. It is. I need to change things up. Yeah. Um, I had the night off. Yeah. And I was like starting to feel better by then. Um, I had been having my pillar performance, vitamin C and zinc immune. Um, yeah. I've been having that now too. Now in the rotation. Because I think you definitely, you should be having that day. No, know. You, know, you, you don't wait well, till you get sick, but obviously you got exactly. sick before we got it. So I've been having it and I'm not sick. So I know. And I was like work. hanging out with you while I was sick. Yeah. So um, I'm the worst like that. If if I'm sick, and I'm like, hey, I'm fine hanging out with people. If someone had, if someone sneezes near me, I'll be like, get away <laughs> yeah, from me. Like, yeah, I think a lot of athletes are like that. Yeah, selfish. Um, but and I think we're pushing our body so hard. So like, I think having like this pill performance, yeah, is is really good and definitely yeah, will hopefully help with that. Um, went to Water Park Saturday morning, three laps. I, I went a little bit harder this week um, compared to last week. And yeah, had uh, had Logan run with me. I think blew him up a little bit because last week I kind of ran a little bit more with him, and this week I started off gave it a, a bit, of a a bit harder, and then yeah. and he like kind of came with me, and then was like, "Oh, this got a little hard." But <laughs> I think he actually held it together really well. Okay, um, you're gonna bring those boys' names in every week, or what? Uh, yeah, Garbs wasn't there. Garbs raced. I think he uh, he ran the first leg at the. Are they paying you or something? So, yeah. <laughs> They love it. They're the ones that are the only ones that comment on our stuff. So like, <laughs> They've been commenting on every single one of my things saying, see you at Fernie. <laughs> <laughs> haven't been Fernie yet. Lockie Morehouse, good commenter too. So yeah, a shout out to. Friend of the show. Yeah, also friend of the show, Sean Guinea. <laughs> 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 I had dinner with him Saturday night. That's why I'm bringing him up. But, um, yeah, I ran 30 minutes at Arvo too before having dinner with friend of the show, Sean Guinea. And, uh, <laughs> and then out to um, Fernie on Sunday morning. The eight thirty start out there kills me. Yeah, like it's a fair uh, trek out there. It is. It's it's a lot of drive. It's a big commitment to get out there. But it's funny. It's like one of those things from people interstate, and it's like they hear about a lot of Melbourne people going to Fernie, and they're like, "Fuck, that's so good." It's like it's like a 45, 50 minute drive from the city. I know. You know, it was funny. Like I was thinking about it. If you drive fifty minutes from from Brisbane, you bloody get to Cooper Pedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, years ago, like. 2014, 15, like it was just an expectation that everyone in the group had to go to Fernie. Yeah. On, on, I don't think, I think we started at nine maybe, but. Um, yeah, we did start. We, wasn't that Grego? That I think it was 8.30 and then and we the, were I like, think Gre- Grego was like, yeah. he just goes, I'm not fucking going at 8.30, yeah. I'm going at nine. And then obviously he was like the captain yeah. pretty much. So we all followed. But yeah, it, it made sense. Fernie. Because um, 
we, everywhere in the world, we train at nine on yeah. a Sunday. And then we, for the one where we have to drive the longest, yeah. we were starting at 8.30. Yeah. So it was just, we didn't like that. And then, yeah, so it became nine. But yeah, it was the expectation. And like everyone in the group had to turn up. Like it would be, yeah, like it'd be like missing a Tuesday session yeah. if you didn't turn up to Fernie. It was COVID that killed that, right? Was it? Um, no, nah, I don't know. I think it was Stewie. Yeah. I think Stewie True. hated it. Stewie hated it and just goes, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not gone anymore. And then, and then he Stewie. just had the, like, the, he just started his little city loop yeah. group. Which is one of the worst long runs. <laughs> the worst. In, in, in the world. Yeah. 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 I prefer doing the Bowman one, just laps of the oval <laughs> compared to the Stewie's on. But, um, I prefer an elliptical for two hours than do that run. <laughs> yeah. But then, so I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to Fernie now, so I might get in Nick's ear and be like, yeah, everyone ran well when they were forced to go to Fernie. Yeah. So so then I've got more people to run with. Yeah. I want to go. I, to be honest, I would like to go to Fernie. Yeah. But I've been told I could... It is good. It is, it is so nice up there. But had um, Sinead there because she, she's getting off to um, London tomorrow and to St. Moritz. Yeah. And um, yeah, she she's like, oh, yeah, message me up before she's going to Fernie. I'm like, yeah, I'm gone. And then so ran with her. For the downhill, and then on the hill, kind of uphill, dropped her a little bit, yeah. and then we stop. We stop at the toilets at Grants, yeah. and then she's just like powered yeah. down I'm the hill. Blind. She's like, "I'm not like, fuck you, boys." Yeah. Powered, and then didn't see her again. So yeah, wow. I reckon I, I ran with her for about fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so and she yeah. probably got was putting more time into you as well on the back half. Uh yeah, she was smashing it. I saw. Her, yeah, we caught her a little bit going up. Um, Two mile, like when we got to the top, she wasn't that far behind, uh, in front of us. And then I'm like, yeah, by the bottom should be a K in front of us yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, good week, 147K um, into Gold, Gold Coast on Saturday. That's good. Looking forward to it. I have confidence for that. Yeah, hopefully. I um, yeah started off the week with a hour run, supposed to be an hour run, and ended up being a, um, a little long. Just one of those loops, you know, when you think. So I was running out towards uh, like Port Melbourne, that like through the city mm-hmm. way. And as I was running, it was just like really windy and I was like, no, fuck this. So then I cut across one of the bridges and I'm like, I'm going to cut through the city, like through the CBD and go to Princess Park. And I was doing that and I got to Princess Park and I'm like, I'm already at 40 minutes yeah. and I'm a long way from home. And then I uh, I stopped at like running back past... Um, uh, Victoria Parade and I'm running down. I'm like in a real good rhythm. Everything's feeling good. And then this old, old, poor old oh, lady yeah, at, the, at the telephone box is like trying to hail me down. I'm like, oh shit, she needs help. Um, and then I, yeah, stopped and she was trying to order a cab and couldn't hear because the mm. pay phone was so, so I had like went and started. I ended up stopping for like 10, 15 minutes. Helped her, got her in the cab. It was all So you on the phone to the... Yeah. yeah. I call, called, got her name. I forget her name. She's probably listening to the podcast right now. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was just like, yeah, like 80, 80, 90 year old woman. I helped her. And then as I was running, I was like, fuck, that was a really good deed. I was like, I'm... Surely, surely my knee's going to stop hurting. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason you did it. You saw, you're looking for old ladies. Like, who needs across the street? Who how are you? Anyone need help? My knee's sore. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah, almost, well, 15 and a half K, um, 4.16 pace on the Monday. Then Tuesday morning, um, yeah, I had a fuck really shit night's sleep Monday night. Um, had some bad Chinese food um, at, the, at work on Monday night. And yeah, again, both of us in the in the one week had some Jeez. trouble trouble we've, in our we've stomach. Drop some humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and yeah, just like struggled to sleep Monday night, but thought I'll go to training. Um, 
and yeah, not not make a big song and dance about how shit I'm feeling and just tick tick the box. Um, went with you for the first two. <laughs> the funniest thing you were doing though is going. You know, usually I'd be complaining, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not complaining. No, I but, said that after, didn't I? I don't know. <laughs> I did. I said ah, because you said. Yeah, this is such a good test because <laughs> I want to complain <laughs> so much. <laughs> I, I did. No, you're right. I did say that, but it was after the session. Whereas usually I'd be fucking sooking before. Yeah. Um, I did two two Ks with you. Yep. So and then the third one, I slowed down a bit. I was like five fifty. Um, and that's when you sort of went hit it a bit hard and I was feeling absolutely dreadful. Just felt like I had no energy. And then the last one, I just sort of backed it off back to like threshold pace. I was like between three, three or five pace um, just to get the work done. So still finished with like 18K. Um, did a double that night, my first double run in a long while because the knee's been feeling really good. So um, yeah, it's nice slowing again, running slower now. I'm at 428 pace for that. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, no point running quicker. Um, the next morning, I woke up super early and went with Smack. Mm. Yeah, um, I just decided because Wednesday is usually my easy day, and you know if I fuck, I'll, I'll sleep in, fuck around. I've, I've got a heap of shit I got to do now. You know, especially with bloody Grattan houses, million jobs to do every mm. sec- single second. Um, and I thought Smack said he's got to go to work, so he's going to wake up early and run and. I'm like, what time? And he goes, I'll probably set my alarm at 6.45, leave at 7. And I was like, no fucking way I'm doing that. And then I just thought about it. I'm like, nah, just do it. And it was fine. It was really good. Um, felt really felt really good. Haven't run with Smack much. So, because he's yeah. obviously had the Achilles, Achilles problem. Yeah. yeah um, but, okay, so you've got up and run at 7. Yeah. And then you you're like, all right, I'm getting ahead <laughs> on the day. And then see so messaging me at 9.45 while I'm out running, like asking questions about the podcast. I'm like, for once in your life, you've been organized. <laughs> and you're like, Mate, the business doesn't sleep. You're fucking snoring away. <laughs> snoring away our, our beautiful business. But then by, by three o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, oh, I didn't have a nap. <laughs> I actually didn't have a nap. No, nah, but you were fucking up everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was like sending you messages that weren't even making sense. Yeah. Like, I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> oh, really? Why? Why haven't you slept? It's like, no, I just set my alarm at 6.45. Yeah. <laughs> the time when most people wake up. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, then I had on Thursday, I had lab testing. So I know I spoke about this last time, um, but the, yeah, we had a little bit of issue with yeah, the heart, back at it, with the heart rate. So um, had to go back there to get the heart rate all... Uh, correct. So um, yeah, it's pretty tough. Have you done one before? Yeah, it is. What um, protocol did you use? So this, t- so the first time I did it, we went like three minute step test, um, and it was just three minutes at every, uh, every interval. So you get up to twenty k's an hour, and then you go three minutes at twenty k's an hour with two percent gradient. Twenty k's an hour. Oh, sorry, three minutes at twenty k's an hour with four percent gradient, um, and. I finished last time I got like maybe 30 seconds into three minutes. Yeah. So this is, that's what I did the first time. And <laughs> yeah. it was really quite hard. Cause I did, you know, that's, that's, it's the equivalent of say like three minutes at three K 20 Ks an hour, three minutes at 22 Ks an yeah, hour, yeah. three minutes at 24 K or one, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it was it fatigued me a lot, but I didn't go to absolute max last time because I knew that the heart rate was stuffing mm-hmm. up and they were sort of like, there was whispers that I'd have to come back in. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, it's hard to push that hard when you um when yeah with that sort of lingering above but then uh yeah this time everything was running smoothly and um nick the bloke uh where i got the testing done super super helpful he sports just scientist. Me on instagram actually did he yeah 
There you go. So. Yeah, he because I think he followed the podcast and followed. Well, I told him about the podcast. Um, so might go and get a VO two off him. Yeah, that's um, he was yeah super helpful. So he changed the protocol for me. He said based on like the numbers last time. Also, he's a fucking good sports scientist because he estimated my heart rate values and based on my Strava and like because I often train with a heart rate monitor mm. and he was estimating them um, and he was within like five beats pretty much for, across every point. But um, yeah, I was like a big – I was actually a bit like fair bit uh, improved since the last time. So that's just from obviously being fitter because I've been but training. Wait, since like a month ago? Yeah. Yeah, actually. Because or do you reckon it's because you push yourself harder? No, so it's just that – well, because that, that first test I did was when I was like um, – that was just before Sydney. I hadn't trained, remember, because I had the knee injury. Yeah, I, I wasn't know. that fit. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I actually said that to him and he said, look, another month of training, it's it's obviously shown. Because I do yeah. get – he said – So what, in another I'd, month you'd be – No, maybe not. Then I'd plateau. Yeah. Like my, my, well, my VO2 was 81.4, so that went up one yeah, point. Jeez, you must be so soft. If Fuck you got an engine like that, mate, <laughs> Fuck up. it's because I'm so I'm, I'm brittle boned. Yeah. <laughs> you got a like a V12 in you. I got like a V6, and somehow I still get across the line in front of you. Yeah, because you're biomechanically sound, whereas yeah. I'm. Like, yeah. <laughs> my running economy must be awful. Yeah. Um, I got my lactate to 17.7 as well, so that's proof I'm not soft. What's your lactate got to? <laughs> Mine doesn't go that high. Yeah. See. Yeah, no, but mine's all my running abilities coming from my head. Oh, it, it's just mental toughness that gets me there. What are those? You got shit. all the tools. <laughs> <laughs> my head just goes, all right, go. <laughs> it's because you got nothing else going on in your head <laughs> except the monkey crashing the cymbals. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I, I did, I, I was doing the three minute blocks up until 20Ks an hour, and then it was just one minute. Yeah, so, so that's what, well. So I got to, I did a minute at, t- with two percent, this is at once you hit 28 20 k's an hour. So, how often are they taking blood? Every at every interval, um, so every three minute interval, and then once I hit 20, then I think we just did it at the end. So, I did tw- I did a minute at, tw- at 20, sorry, I did three minutes at 20 k's an hour, and then I think my lactate hadn't changed much at all. So, I did, had to do three minutes at 20 k's an yeah. hour with two percent, yeah, and then it spiked a lot. Um, so then he goes, Okay, now you just do a minute. And so I did a minute at four, I did yeah, a minute yeah. at six. And it's funny like the jump up because like I finished the minute at 6% at 20Ks an hour thinking, okay, I'm fucking working here, but I'll get to the minute of the 8% at least. You know, I'm thinking I'll finish the minute and I got like 20 seconds in. I was yeah, like, yeah. I can't run up it, you know. Um, but he said, yeah, he said it's pretty much, I think it was the equal record in this place from um, Dave McNeil. So, oh, okay, yeah. So you'll have to. Go. I was just like, I'm like, wonder who else he's tested. It's yeah. just like yeah, yeah. someone some, else, some <laughs> random bloke who runs a three hour thirty marathon. Yeah, yeah. Just really good at the lab testing. <laughs> so yeah, you'll have to go. Probably got a good mental toughness. Like, <laughs> a good mental toughness. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was good. It was obviously a little bit of a shorter day um, because the test is only like. I think it was like 22 minutes of running. Yeah. Um, intense 22. In, yeah, pretty intense, especially the back end. Um, yeah, Friday I just did a 30-minute run because, um, yeah, I'm sort of – yeah, my program's a little bit all over the place at the moment. Um, and then Saturday I had a 8K threshold and I, yeah, felt pretty good before it. Um, I haven't had like the back issue hasn't sort of been worrying me, I suppose, for 
a week, (laughs) maybe a bit over a week. Like it's always there, but it's never that bad. Um, But yeah, this threshold was, yeah, awful. So I finished, I got like pretty much 1K in, the back starts locking up and then I'm like, okay, just relax. Like I'll try and lean forward and there's nothing I can do. And then it's just like you do another K and it gets tighter, another K gets tighter. And I keep saying to myself, no, just keep going, just keep going, keep going. And it's like, no, this is fucked. So at 4K I stopped and I tried to do the exercise that I've got to do which is just like, you know, you can't really do You need to be in the gym because you need weight mm-hmm. to do like the exercises. Yeah. Um, but I was sort of trying to do them without weight, like on the side of the road. And then I had like a minute break. And I'm like, all right, go again and, f- and try and go for another 4K. So it's like with a 60 second break. Um, but it was no good. So I finished it. It was like I did another 1500 meters. So it was five and a half K all yeah. up. Um, and then once it's locked up, it fucking takes a few days for it to settle, which is annoying. Mm, that's so frustrating. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 90-minute run on Sunday was – yeah, look, it do, it's – I was speaking to Collis about this because he he's sort of said – he said drop the um, long run, like don't run 90 minutes if the back's still seized up. But the back – I can feel it always a little bit, but it's really hard running the effects. Yeah. You know, jogging, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely, yeah, coming from – um, everyone's telling me it's coming from my tight hips, which is a problem area for me. Um, I'm doing so much mobility, but it's just, yeah, not not going as well as I would like. But um, the positive side is not a fucking massive injury where, you know, you have to have six weeks off or anything. Like I'll, yeah, be, I'll be right yeah. at the Gold Coast. I know, but it's still annoying because it just keeps popping up. Yeah. When, I yeah. think to be honest, I, I've got to – because where we're, I'm in this like, like all these races um, – you know, I had Sydney half and then I have Launceston half. As we said, um, we've got a, yeah, a bunch of races on. So it's sort of just hard. You know, you've got to keep training, keep things ticking along. But then, you know, once these races are sort of gone, I'll, I'll probably maybe have a week off or something just to try and settle things and, and yeah. Um, but 110K for the week. So that's my biggest week in, in a fair while. Any cross training? Yeah. that's th- <coughs> I never talk about elliptical. Um, on here because I think people get bored hearing yeah. about it, but I did three ellipticals. Yeah. So yeah, good, good and week. <coughs> both of us into Gold Coast. Yeah, it'll. So. Um, it's going to be. Yeah, we're talking about it's going to be pretty wet. Yeah. For that race. Yeah. But I think what what are we six thirty in the morning? Six. I think. Six. I think. Yeah. Fuck. That's and rough. We're getting a little hol- holiday up there because we fucked up and. Yeah. We're so unorganized. We're booking our flights, <laughs> and, and they were so expensive. So we're going yeah. day day early. Um, a day early, early. A day early, early, and then uh, is it? Yeah, well, a well day we couldn't go up Saturday. <laughs> like get the red eye. Yeah. <laughs> we're we going up Thursday, but and now we're just going to. All that money we're saving on the flights, we're spending on another night's accommodation. <laughs> so. I uh, I Man. sent them flights to you, and I'm like, mate, these are. Fucked! Like we've left it so late. These are gonna be. These are so expensive. And you're like, what are you looking at? And you were looking at some like weird back backdoor site where it was like, two, it was all spelt wrong. So like, two scamu.com. Yeah. Like <laughs> two tickets, and I'm like, Brett, we cannot fly on those. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, the pilot's got his feet out of the plane like the Flintstones car. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was looking forward to getting up there. Now, like, a little nice day at the beach or something, but it's. Just gonna be pissing down oh, the rain. Mate, so. you'd be swept away in the surf. <laughs> <laughs> You're the most well, non-beach person. I know. Some actually some big waves out there. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you at the bay get scared. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's pretty much it for our weeks. The uh, yeah. This is um, Ollie interview. Yeah. Um, 
It was good. It was uh, Ollie, yeah, as I said, good to speak to, but it was cool like listening to him speak about his group and like yeah. they're killing it at the moment. Um, yeah. So yeah, talking about it, how he how he got into um, what the one thing I thought was quite interesting is he, we sort of asked him how he got into that group and how did that like happen after college, and I was surprised to see he pretty much said he didn't have that many options. Yeah, you know, yeah, like no, he, he, he was like, oh look, there were a lot of sort of talk of like you know with i think his manager was like trying to get and there was just sort of nothing there yeah um and then yeah it's uh it's interesting because he was he's definitely like you've got some college people that are like stars at the end of college like absolute stars and then they don't really make you know break through or they take a while to really show show yeah. their potential in the on the like actual professional circuit but he was probably the opposite Oh, he did win NCAA's. Yeah, I wonder. So he, he lost NCAA's. He came second in in his last one. So yeah, like as as he would have been like trying to kind of yeah. sign all these things. So like I wonder if that how much that affects Had it. An impact. But the guy that beat him is is um Beamish, who he trains with. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So that's right. Beamish probably took all the big money and yeah. then. <laughs> how funny was that? In the so I was calling <laughs> the whole interview. I'm calling um every time we refer to him. I'm saying George Beamish, and. Ollie keeps saying Geordie and Geordie, Geordie, and we're like, and we get off the we get off the uh, podcast, and Brett goes, "Wait, I think it's Geordie Beamish, not George. Why were you calling him George?" And <laughs> I've just got this like influx of uh, of anxiety, and I'm like, "Oh no!" And I quickly search, and it's like, "No, Geordie's his nickname, George." I'm like, "Yeah, okay. George Geordie Beamish, George Geordie yeah. Beamish." Yeah, I'm like, Phew. "We got a good." But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So enjoy the interview. Now we have a very special guest on uh, for the kudos straight off an Australian record um, over the mile in Oslo last week. Ollie Hall, Ollie, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. No, no worries. Thank you for coming no on. Um, as soon as we saw that result, we're like, yeah, you qualified to come on for the kudos finally. So <laughs> we've been waiting for you to have a good I got, run. And <laughs> I got the invite finally. Yeah, <laughs> finally got the invite. I was waiting for your message, bro. I was waiting. I was, I was sitting in the cool room, just waiting for it. Yeah, so well, I saw you I'm, pray. I'm glad I received it. I saw you pray, and then I, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you raced all right, but we'll, we'll see. There's something better coming, so we'll save you. But until he breaks the record, yeah, yeah. I was messaging Joe, Joe Klecker after pre, and, and he didn't reply. So. We'll uh, oh. <laughs> on to the next on. Clex Max, uh, I'll have to chat with him about that. No, I actually haven't messaged him, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> have a chat to him and then we'll get him on. But I was going to no, say, no, we'll Brett, you on. didn't run that past me. I, I didn't think we messaged him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, how you been since the mile? I've been good. Um, no, it's it's it was a great. Um, like it's it's been an ideal lead up pretty much to Worlds. Like there's nothing more I could have asked for than the races that I've had um, leading up to the major championships. So to be able to race that uh, mile and I was low really just kind of cemented uh, a good confidence uh, for me moving forward to, to a championship kind of season. So leading up to now, it's just, yeah, just doing the simple stuff, training, not going over the top with anything and, and just really banking on those results saying that I'm in a good position leading into, uh, you know, the big dance coming yeah. up. So oh, you definitely have yeah, to take some confidence. It's gonna say this. Yeah. Certainly, you certainly don't need to change anything, do you? You've just no. Aussie. Rec- it's like oh, shit. <laughs> some people have bad races going into a championship. They're like going to panic mode. What do I need to change? Nothing in your case. No, yeah, and I think as well, um, just looking at how just mirroring it off that record, like Stewie breaking that record in Oslo last year, the the shape that he was in, and me going in now with with the kind of the same sort of situation, it definitely gives me a lot of confidence. Um, 
going into that because he's a you know sub three thirty guy that runs well at championship racing. So if I'm kind of in that same trajectory, then it's all looking looking like a green light heading into to world champs. So now it's just yeah, just getting prepared for it and, and enjoying uh, kind of the lead up to it. Yeah, hopefully Stewie's uh, starting to go well and uh, be great to have two people in that in that final yeah. again. Come world champs. So, um, I yeah. know one thing Joel wanted to do was go through your PBs because he wanted to talk about your three K PB. <laughs> So, <laughs> Joel can maybe that's, do a quick little intro of his uh, his PVs. That's my that's my uh, favorite thing to do is have a look have a look through and find everyone's outlier PB. But you've um look you you don't need the listeners don't really need an introduction on you. I'm sure everyone's across you. But uh, three thirty two sixty six for the fifteen hundred. Um, you've just obviously broken the mile record three forty seven thirty eight. Um, I noticed when I was going through this with Brett planning your interview, we actually um, have the same 347 PB, Ollie, but mine's 1,500. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that, yeah. We should, we, I reckon we'd have, we'd have a really good race on the track. Yeah. Over, we should know, do that. We should do it sometime. <laughs> we, Me, we 1,500, you mile. Um, oh, 100%. <laughs> 1,322, uh, 5,000 uh, with a 1,309 indoors that's um yeah that's seriously moving and the uh to be honest i didn't even get i didn't even put down the um three thousand it's 809 anyone who wanted those from 5th of december 2015 <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's that that is that pack with matt rambo uh out kicked me in the last 100 meters i remember oh, that yeah. race True. i remember yeah. that yeah yeah uh, he'd like big dropped lanky, off in the big last rambo yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was uh yeah, that was that's 2015 um but also like yeah indoor indoor times that was the one thing that like was awesome about this america uh, australian record was that now my indoor times like i feel like yeah i know i was <laughs> so used to that <laughs> i almost already said the yeah said the wrong thing there but uh indoor times you know like they're all so so whatever don't really count them i feel like the if you get an outdoor record a really good outdoor time like that's when you know like yeah, that's, that's pretty sweet. So I'm glad to have like a really good outdoor mile now instead yeah, of this, yeah. all this short, all those short tracks in New York and <laughs> <laughs> short tracks in Boston. So yeah, I'm glad to, glad to have something that seems legit, more legitimate than that. That's how you know you're Australian. <laughs> well, you've, you've kept that Australian uh, belief because all yeah. the Aussies say that and it's like you're over there. Whereas most of the Americans are like, they're not, no, they're not, they're not short. No, right? they're yeah, not they're short. Boston's long. not short. Yeah, no way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, like speaking of your group, like how good are you guys going at the moment? Um, like there's a few, like Joe Klecker just won the 10K, which was an insane mm. race. Um, and then like Beamish, Alicia Monson, Sage Herder. And then today you guys just signed four more people. Yeah, which is like no, it's, it's, it's been awesome. I, I have to admit that uh, like I think with a lot of groups, when they have a lot of success the first year out, it could be like a flash in the frying pan. Um, you don't know if it's going to like continue because you can have these big jumps uh, when you're training in a pro group, doing um, different types of training, and also just living like a pro, being able to do um, a lot more recovery as well. Not obviously not being in school or doing uni, just fully focusing on the running aspect of it. And uh, the second year, now we've been able to keep it consistent. I mean, Joe and Alicia have made the USA team again, like to be able to come back after the Olympics and then compete and make the world's team again. Like that 10k for the men's and American like Joe Klecker out kicked a 26 33 yeah. 10k runner um, so for him like 
as well. It's just, it's really exciting. That's his first ever pro win as well. Cause we always kind of give him shit because he's just always second and third. Like he's always there, but he's never like, you know, got the win, got the dub and something. And to be a, a American 10 K champion is, is a big deal. To get um, the win in. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And he's the first, I think he's the first non hockey athlete to do that in a very long time. And even our coach Ritz, who was a great 10 K runner in the day, never won a uh, U.S. championship. So, it was great for him to do that. Uh, Monson's running great. Sage just broke two minutes in the 800 and she's continuing to have that trajectory competing in really good diamond leagues. And she's going to USA champs this weekend with a lot of confidence that she can make that world's team as well. And um, George Beamish, like the guy was dealing with so many injuries in NAU, um, Kiwi boy from the North Island. And now he's running 13, 19 in Paris and 36 degrees yeah. <laughs> and uh, 13, 12 indoors. He's, it's just it's been a, a surreal uh, ride for us and I think the one thing is just like it's been fun out of COVID we really kind of had a risk of bringing these all these athletes together in this group with this coach and you just don't know if things are going to work out or if things are going to click but things have clicked really well with a lot of these athletes and um, it's just been a really fun ride to, to see the success and a lot of groups uh, around the world particularly running groups they really take strides and um, get really excited about their teammates competing and succeeding really well. And we're definitely one of those groups that really get excited about our teammates just killing and ripping it. And we've just had really good mentality and a really good uh, culture um, coming out of kind of a shit situation with COVID and not knowing where we're going to be. And then, yeah, there's all these people are just lining it up on the track and, and running, running really well. And that is a credit to Dathan, um, our coach, and also just a credit to every athlete on the team. And now we've just signed four, Four, on, uh, four athletes going on. We've got uh, Mario Garcia Romo, who was the NCAA champion in the mile. 336 guy from Spain. Really, really good racer. Um, great bloke. And then Yared Nagus, US Olympian in the 1500 meters. 334. Recently, he's going into the US uh, championships. Looking like he's going to do really well. Hopefully, uh, get a spot in that world's team. So, having those athletes, um, Courtney Wayman in the steeple as well. And then um, Hannah Stillman is a, another uh, 5K, 3K steeple girl. They're competing for on. Um, they're not necessarily with our team. Uh, they're like kind of in a separate signing, but there is probably the option for them to maybe come over if they wanted to. We don't, we don't really know the situations with those yeah. signings, but um, we definitely know that Mario and, and Yarrod are, are with us and we're really excited because um, they're great athletes and it, just to be able to build off that is particularly as a company like On who's very young and still kind of catching up in the performance stage of the sport. Um, they've got a lot longevity in that hopefully, but just having all the athletes that they're getting, it's it's really creating um, uh, excitement in that in that avenue. Yeah, that was yeah. one thing I wanted to ask. So the boys are moving up to Boulder with you. Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah, th- that'll be cool. Um, I don't know if you saw. I saw this tweet this morning, but since announcing that signing, um, the shares of On went up three percent, which is one hundred fifty million. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Someone's no, that, right, that's like, a- yeah, that must be going right. Yeah, no, it's it's been uh, <laughs> it's been funny because the stock's been going down and down, and we're thinking shit, we're not racing well enough. And then, uh, <laughs> and then it went up when we signed when we signed Mario and, and Yarrow. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's been uh, it's been surreal because when you join a brand that's like got no really certainty with shoes, performance shoes, Mantico and spikes, and now like I was able to race and I was like with the with the actual spike and and comp- and then I got obviously some uh, the Echo Boom and other Echoes that are coming out. Uh, that they're going to hopefully compete with and be able to keep up with Nike, Adidas, Brooks, um, Saucony, all those, all those brands. It's yeah. it's really exciting because the performance of those styles of shoes are coming for us. And um, just having the performance in the athletes as well is like a big tick for us. 
to be able to say like, yeah, we've got these great athletes, but we've also got the product to be able to perform. So um, it seems to be all coming together to, to, uh, together now, but it's been two years since the group started and that's been a quick turnaround for, for on, particularly not having any performance shoe to now having a spike that you can run uh, 347 in. So, yeah. Um, performance, performance is one thing, but also on those Swiss designers, their shit looks cool. You know, I've uh, seen no. like, just the kit that you guys wear. That's for me, I only care what things look like. You know, I just see you yeah, guys yeah, yeah. look good. <laughs> no, it, it, it is cool because you've got that Swiss kind of mentality of like very nice, you know, Swiss engineers yeah, and everything. And, yeah. The minimalist kind of style and, and, and it's been cool. I think Lululemon has a kind of similar style as well to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been really awesome because I think with any um, young brand like that, you just, people were always asking the question, even when we're running well last year, was like, is this going to like last? Is it going to survive? Is the group going to keep continuing? And sure. right now it's just, it's really starting to, I think we were trying to prove ourselves and trying to solidify ourselves. Like we belong here. We belong on the pro stage. We belong competing against, all you guys out there. And then now I think after with this year coming in, we're, we've kind of cemented that. And I think we've established ourselves as a group and been able to say like, yeah, we're, we're here now and, and people know who we are. Cause there was that initial, like who the hell is always see what the hell is on clouds, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> and, but now, now I feel like people kind of know what it is. So that's kind yeah, of exciting yeah. factor to be a part of that early stages. And now uh, people know like uh, the brand and, and who we are as a, as a pro team. Yeah, definitely. So uh, while we're on that, um, if we go back a little bit, you know, joining OAC, obviously now looking at it, super successful move, um, looking at it now. But, you know, at the time when you joined, uh, I don't think so many people on the outside thought that the team would be as successful as it has been. Um, so what sort of drew you to it? Like, did you just have faith that Dathan was a great coach or was it a chance to run with guys like Klecker and Morgan or was it something else entirely? Yeah, honestly, it was... Uh... <laughs> I was coming out, obviously I had, I had my indoor, outdoor eligibility still, but they weren't going to, I wanted to go do a master's, so stay in college and kind of continue on um, competing in NCAA to give me more of a shot to get a, a better contract later on if I was able to. Um, but that wasn't in the cards. Um, Wisconsin was kind of shutting down funds and as an international um, student athlete, it was very expensive. So they said, now you've got to, move on you got to leave now and uh i i was like yeah that's fine fair enough like there's a lot of uncertainty out there and when i was looking at uh, opportunities for me uh to signing uh contracts and anything, there wasn't really anything there um uh, the only thing that came up was on and i had a chat with andrew weeding who's a u.s olympian in the uh 1500 800 a uh, really good really good bloke and really good eye for the sport he was a nike athlete an oregon duck and um he's got great insight of like being a pro and like going through those situations and with on he kind of introduced me to them and, and the brand and they didn't really have uh much product they didn't have much in would, this is like their first time jumping into the track scene so for them it was it was they wanted to kind of employ this this big risk in creating a group and and backing um these people these athletes give them contracts compete for the, with the on uh logo on your chest and that the performance shoes will eventually come in and they're going to hire and and build um this the lightning team around us, yeah, which was a team that was going to produce the performance shoes. And that kind of got me excited a little bit because it'd be cool for me personally. I thought it was cool to start with a brand and maybe be able to build something together. Um, being one of those athletes that were the originals, I thought it would be a really cool story um, for my running career. Cause as we all know, we're all going to end up looking like melted candles and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like running careers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our running careers are going to be over soon. Like it's going to be like a short, 
few years and then you're done and, and you want to look back at it and think like, oh, wow, like I did this and I did that and like be really proud of, of what you were able to achieve for the sport and for your country. And for me, that was something that was important because I know running is such a big part of our lives, but also like there's a big, greater world out there. And if I can look back into the running world and say like I was able to be a part of something pretty cool, then that was that was something that was exciting about on. Um, and then when they talked about signing Dathan as a coach, I was pretty skeptical um, of Dathan because he was coming from a very, very distance-heavy background. He was still an athlete with Brooks Hansons at the time, and he was still running, doing marathons and stuff. So I didn't know his commitment fully to, to coaching. Ask, and Ollie, I uh, was listening to an interview, and I wasn't sure exactly when, when in the sort of timeline this was, but was it true that you didn't even know who Dathan was? Yeah, yeah, you, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I listened to an interview with you, and you said, yeah, you'd said to the guys you were living with, you're like, who's that? And they almost kicked you yeah. out of the house. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was living with a couple of Michigan boys and, and Dathan was a high school superstar for Michigan. Um, I mean, the guy in junior cross country, junior world cross country, got third at the world champs and the people in front of him, I think, was Brega and Kipchoge. So <laughs> he, he was like one of those guys that was just like a massive rocket uh, when he was young and then he, and then he joined Nike and then he was with uh, the project for oof, uh, 12 years. He left the project and then went to Brooks Hansen and started continuing his marathon career. Um, and he, he was more of a just... World uh, half as well. Half. Yeah, yeah. world half he got uh, yeah. third too. Yeah, so he, he was... I mean, he, he had the American record in the 5K until um, Legat broke it. It was 12.56 and he ran that in Zurich. And, um, he was a very just established athlete, three-time Olympian, and um, but it was very distance-heavy. And I was very focused on the 1500 at the time um, because for me, looking at the Olympics and, and making the Australian team, I thought um, the best possible way to do that would be to run the 1500 the best I possibly could. And and if I could do that, then I might be in a shot to um, to represent the country and, and get a place. But it was it's a very competitive, one of the most competitive teams in the world is the Australian um, track and field team, particularly in distance. Um, but I had a phone call with him and I was asking like, look, you're, you're obviously a great distance athlete and you're going to retire from running and, and coach um, Joe Klecker because he was the first signee for on. Like, what makes you think you can coach like a 1500 guy that wants to run low three, 331, 332s? Um, I was just up front with him. I was like, I, I, you know, you don't have any experience with that. And he kind of said, well, I actually was a volunteer coach at the University of Oregon and I spent a lot of time with Matt Sensuitz. And he is very, very close with Matt. Him and Matt still joke around a lot. And they, I mean, Matt likes to fuck around anyway, but uh, <laughs> him, and, him and Matt, Nathan and Matt have a very, very special bond, um, very, very good mates and uh, love each other. And, and he uh, gets gets a lot of insight from training with Matt uh, at Oregon and, and then onwards um, afterwards at the project. So Nathan uh, gave me a couple examples of workouts, what he knows about middle distance running in, in his in his avenue. But he also said that like he has a lot to learn as a coach anyway. Um, so, but for me, he was going to move his whole family to Boulder. He was fully committing to the to the, to the coaching role. So. That for me is like if he can commit to that, then surely I can take a take a chance on this. So um, that was kind of the seal of the deal after that conversation. Yeah. Um, coming from college into a pro group, did you was there a big jump in training, a big difference? Like, and then going from yeah. college coke to day to day, then like, was there a big change? Uh, it was a big change in, in some ways. I think Mick uh, Mick Byrne, the Wisconsin coach from Morgan and I, was very strength based training. So it was similar to Dathan's, but just at a different level. Like I think the first, and I had never been an altitude at the time. So I remember Morgan and I drove, because Morgan was still with Under Armour at this point, but we drove up together. We got an apartment in Boulder 
and uh, we're moving everything in and we're just tired and I was going to the track for a workout and I remember I was just getting my, I was getting flogged. Like I was just getting dropped by Joe, um, dropped by Carlos and by Jordy uh, in workouts and <laughs> it took me quite a while to get, get up there and, and just that, that strength endurance that, that Ritz was, was giving out um, in these workouts. But um, the, the one thing that helped me get through it, through all of it was just the, uh, the, the strength training, the recovery. I think with, with Dathan, he was very good at like getting treatment when you need to. Um, he's got a really good guy called Jason, who's from Michigan. He was a USA bobsledder. Um, he's one of those guys, I'm sure that Brett, you've come across people like this that can like watch a person run and be able to work on them and just like figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Uh, amazing, amazing talent with his eyes. And um, I'm fortunate enough to know him. He helps out with the team and he's, he's just been able to keep people healthy. And I mean, he's a big reason why Geordie is, is uh, just killing it right now and being able to stay healthy because that dude couldn't stay healthy for like three months in college. And now he's been healthy for almost a year. So um, yeah, for, for us having the treatment there, massages, um, anything that Dathan thought we needed, we just, he just signed us up for treatment and uh, kept us, kept our bodies like pretty good shape. And then the strength training we did, I've never, never lifted in my, <laughs> in my career of running. Uh, in college and then we did three lift sessions mostly like stretching dynamic um band stuff but a lot of other lifts that jason who is our guy he kind of does those as well with the lifts and keeps our bodies just getting a lot stronger um but it did take me a while to kind of get used to the training um just the intensity of of a lot of the longer stuff but my mileage only probably jumped up about so I'm in miles. So sorry for people that are in case you can convert <laughs> it later. Um, but I think I was about 80 to 85 miles in college, which is, which is like a good amount. Um, and then I think I moved up about to 90 to 95, uh, during like the hard basis of training. And then when, obviously when racing comes in, we kind of down to 70, um, 75 miles a week, uh, with three lift sessions and treatment. I try and get a massage at least once every two weeks, like a, an hour and a half massage. And then, uh, treatment with Jason or treatment with somebody in Boulder for at least an hour, um, once a week. And uh, most of our other athletes sometimes get more, sometimes get less, but they really like the one thing that Dathan and a lot of coaches that are able to kind of respond to well in the sport is like, there's just a lot of communication is just really key. Like if anything feels bad, I think he's worried. He just wants you guys to, 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 to be upfront with it and tell us. And yeah, the first few months I was just really getting, getting hammered, but I started to feel the confidence getting in. I was a high responder to altitude too. So, um, I started to feel better at, uh, you know, racing at altitude and then eventually just was in a lot better place that I could train with Joe, um, and Jordy and, and do a lot of those workouts, uh, together, which then we, we created a big bond with that because we were all chasing the same thing. We all wanted to make representative teams for our countries. And, um, and then that was, uh, exciting enough for Morgan to look over and say, Hey, maybe I can, uh, I can join in on this. And, uh, he joined. Uh, you later. So um, yeah, we actually yeah. kind of forgot to mention Morgan at the start. Yeah, but, like he's another <laughs> great Australian who's who's joined you guys. So we'll definitely uh, get him on at some point. Yeah. Um. We kind of. He's pretty through. jealous that I got down first. Yeah. <laughs> I told him. I was told him I was doing the pod with you guys because he loves. Because uh, we obviously we have coffee club pod, but yeah. he loves your style, your Instagram. He um he loves like the whole style of it. Okay. He's a really really big fan of that. Yeah, and the that's colors good. and everything. He's just like, yeah, that's so sick. And then I told design. him I was in a podcast with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, He's like, oh, I, yeah. We, we actually forgot to do what we're supposed to do at the start, but we, are, we were going to ask you to go through a training week. Um, seems like a, oh, yeah. a good time because you kind of went through it. What's like, yeah. yeah, typical training week? Yeah, so uh, for me, uh, so we usually start with, okay, so Monday we'd probably do 10 mile, 
uh, run in the morning, so about 16K. Um, and then straight after that, we'll go and do like an hour lift. What's the um, pace you running for just like an aerobic run like that? Uh, it just depends. I mean, Joe Klecker is the Klecker mile, so he likes to go six-minute mile pace, which is like pretty solid, particularly running around Boulder. I, yeah. I like to stay around 630s. Um, if I'm feeling good, maybe 16s. Uh, and that's mostly what the pace that we run out with all the boys. But it's a pretty pretty nice general pace. Um, and then the four-mile recovery run in the afternoon, we do drills. Um, Nathan has us do like five, ten minutes of like pretty much a race. The drills you do heading into a race, we do those every afternoon uh, with our double with some strides. It's like four to six hundred-meter strides um, with a four-mile run. And then the next day, um, usual workout. Like for me uh, – Recent workout I did, just more of a strength-based workout. We did like a, like an 8 by K workout um, with 4 by 300s at the end and then like 8 by K with, would be around, I think we could start at about 250K and then we'd probably try and bring it down to around 240, um, 238, 237. Uh, really just kind of just descending it. Um, but usually Dathan can kind of tell if we're pushing it too hard and we'll say, hey, like take it back a little bit. And then I'll probably spike up to four 300s at 40, uh, 41. And uh, then we do a three-mile warm-up, three-mile cool-down with that, drills and strides. Um, and then the afternoon, I run like a four, five-mile run um, just to shake it out of the legs. What Sometimes kind of, we get uh, treatment after that. What kind of rest are you having in those K reps? Uh, in the K reps, it's usually like 200 meters, so like 90 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Um, if we're feeling really good and Dayton's like, you guys are great, like don't get it past 238 for these 8K, like just go from 250 to 238. And you guys are looking really good, maybe 75 seconds. But that's just like pretty much the jog over 200. Yeah. Um, sometimes the rest could be shorter depending on what's, what type of work he wants to do. But yeah, that would be about the rest. It's about 90 seconds um, between reps. Um, my th- my 300s between would be about the same, about 90 seconds. But it'd be like a walk, bend, and then run straight into the, into the 300. Um, and then after that, we'd probably do another 10-mile, 10, 10-mile, 10 uh, run 10 mile in the morning, four mile in the afternoon, drills and strides. Um, we will do a lift as well. We don't lift on uh, workout days. We usually lift on the day afterwards. Um, the reasoning for that, I actually don't know. Um, we usually yeah. lift on recovery days, but he likes to do that. I know a lot of other groups like yeah, in Boulder in particular, like the, usually lift on heavy days. Um, and that's what Morgan actually did with team boss. And he really enjoyed that. And uh, he kind of asked Dathan like, Oh, why do we lift on recovery days? But Dathan was pretty adamant. Like he likes kind of the system we have because we do three lifts a week and it was more of more technical lifts that we do after workouts anyway. So, um, but that's, yeah, that's just the system we have. So we do a 10 mile, four mile run. Um, after that on Wednesday, Thursday, um, it'd be, I think the same 10 mile, 10 mile, four mile run. Sometimes we'll do a bit longer, maybe 12 in the morning, just like that medium long run kind of style. Um, on Thursday, Friday, we'll have another workout. Uh, my favorite workout that I usually do is broken 600s. So, um, I do like three sets of broken 600s, which is, um, 600, 400, 300, 200. Um, 600 is usually around like probably try and start it at 120, um, 128 and then try and bring down the last 600 on the third set to like 120, 121. So we're trying to run pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and then the recovery, that's quite quite a lot. Like it's, it's two, three minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two, three, two, three minutes like recovery because we're at altitude and, and Dathan kind of wants me to get some sort of recovery in. 400s will start at like 58, 59, get down to 53. Um, 300s, 
which for me is like the hardest part of the workout and the one that he kind of really wants me to focus on. Um, we'll start at 45, get down to 41 to 39. Um, all the recovery is the same, about two to three minutes. And then the 200 is 26. And then after that, we take a lap jog and then we do two more sets of that. Um, and it's just more of an intensity workout uh, in the morning. Uh, and then in the afternoon, I do a yeah, four, five mile run. Uh, the next day, we'll have lift. Um, so like a, probably more of a heavy lift with a probably a five mile recovery run usually sometimes it's 10 depending on like if you want to hit high mileage we'll do 10 miles but something it's usually a five mile easy run and then for long runs for me the longest run i usually say, do is Ollie, sorry how do you how do you feel lifting heavy after such a track workout like that oh i feel terrible <laughs> freaking <laughs> okay. terrible i'm glad because if you said, but it's you said oh, I feel yeah. good. <laughs> yeah no i feel terrible and and the one thing that i i actually struggle with quite a bit um, which I've had to get better at because I knew it was kind of dangerous. That my mental focus is really off the next day. Usually yeah. I'm just like, oh, why am I doing this? Like I just had a hard workout. Like I can just bank on that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. But Dayton really wants me and wants everyone else um, as well to kind of really focus mentally on like when you go through rounds, your mental state usually starts to deteriorate a little bit because you have that mental peak uh, when you race. And he said like when you're lifting, you got to pay attention to what you're doing and you don't want to like screw anything up. So for him, really, it's just about controlling um, that kind of down downtime after a hard worker or a hard race to really kind of focus and, and to stay with it. Um, so technically, like with lifts like that, it really helps me kind of just keep yeah um, to pay attention. Um, well, it's something I definitely and, have uh, with. Like I, I, yeah. I could be good in heats, but the time final came around, I was just like kind of exhausted mentally as well. I could like I couldn't get up again because. One for me making the final was like a, a big achievement and it kind of feels like your job's done. It's then hard to switch on your, your attention again to uh, perform like two days later. So yeah, like that is a kind of cool thing that he's trying to keep, keep you guys like mentally yeah. able to switch on and off a little bit. Yeah, because I mean like and Joe, for example, Joe will do some crazy workouts like you do some crazy mile um, repeats like eight or 10 by mile repeats at closing down. It's like four 420s. But uh the next day with the lift, like he would just be struggling to, to, to do anything like not lift heavy, just more like be able to pay attention and focus and like coordinate a, a, an exercise. And I was say, for it doesn't us, look like he would ever have trouble lifting heavy. He's bloody no, no. He's huge. He's, no, he's, he's, he's huge. A, he's a rock man. He's a rock <laughs> yeah. man. He's a rock. Uh, yeah, but he, he would struggle with, with that. And that was something that I think even in the past, I would say the past year, we've gotten so much better at it. Um, with the lifts, we've been able to like kind of respond to that well because that was tough initially and it definitely helped us out with recovery days because after that, yeah, people just check out, go for a nap, um, <laughs> get massage, get treatment um, on the recovery day. And then the long run day, uh, the longest run I'd run for my long run is about 19 miles. Don't know what that is in case. It's like um, 28. 28Ks, yeah. So I'll do a long run. And long runs are pretty, like they're pretty, um, I would say pretty serious, like, Usually I'll start my long run out um, pacing wise at like 6.30 to 6.45 and then bring it down and then I do a lot of those um, miles under six minute pace and then a lot quicker uh, near the end. So like the long run is where like regular runs usually stay the same pace. Long runs is where you kind of descend it and and make it quick. Um, I'm sure like it's pretty, that's a pretty, I think, staple thing for a lot of pro athletes yeah. to do. Yeah, but that's, that's the general week we usually have and sometimes as well as Ritz, like he kind of, as well as probably most pro athletes because races are all over the place. His schedule is not always from Monday to Sunday the same thing. 
it's usually a mix up of that stuff, but kind of the same progression, uh, through the week. Um, you yeah. go through the same thing, but, um, yeah, that's kind of a typical week that we do, uh, like leading into Oslo. That was kind of what we did in St. Moritz. Um, but just a little bit less mileage. What's well, obviously working. Yeah. Will, um, will anything change? Like, going into world champs like if you think about like Oslo like you know when you turn up to a diamond league it's like you know what it's going to be you know the pace you know Jakob's going to be chasing this there's wave lights you just got to stick on and then he'll like kind of take you to a good good thing but then like a championship race is completely different like you, you could be instead of 56 first lap it can be 66 or, or slower and then it's mm-hmm. just like it's messy it's tactical crazy last laps um like it's a pretty much a different sport Kind of. Yeah, hundred percent. you guys change anything like leading to that to prepare for that? Um, yeah, we, we definitely will because I think a lot of the races that we've done, um, particularly for me, haven't been very tactical. Um, I mean, Birmingham was kind of a little bit tactical, but it was still kind of a bit of a. It wasn't as tactical as a lot of, a lot of championship races can be. Um, pre for me wasn't tactical. I just got a, I got really bad positioning, was able to close well, but that's it wasn't. Uh, a kind of a fight for anything. It wasn't a dog fight. And then Oslo was, yeah, like pretty much a time trial. Um, you know, we knew Yucca was going after the European record. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to get on his position just right behind him and, and really just hang on. And uh, But yeah, I think for us, we're going to probably work on a little bit less mileage than that, probably 65, 70 miles a week and a lot of speed stuff. Um, I think that's the one thing is just to sharpen up. Um because I, I, like you said, like a lot of race championships can go out in 66 seconds and you've got to be able to close. And pretty much everyone in those races, uh, particularly now in the 1500, is so talented and so deep. Everyone can probably close in the 50-51. So if, it's all about positioning. It's all about being in the right time because once you hit that top speed of 51 second, 400, like somebody's going to have to run a 50 second to, to pass you. And it's very, very difficult. So um, positioning is everything in those, in those championship races. And if you can get out, uh, get clear of stuff, stay away from you know, knocking around, barging, moving around, um, and you're able to kind of finish and close a race like that in a slower race. Uh, that's something I haven't really done yet uh, this season, and that's something that I'm sure that will come up with World Champs, unless I'm in Jakob's um, heat. I know Stewie, like, for example, like, he doesn't race like that. Yeah. Stewie just races, like, how he wants to race, and he'll go out and race. Like, I mean, as you saw at the Olympics, they were in 332, and the, uh, they broke the Olympic record in the, <laughs> in the semifinal because they just, that's just the way it, the 1500 meters race now and the 1500 sorry the 1500 meter race is race like the 800 um like the slowest lap is the last lap sometimes yeah so yeah it's just yeah that's that's the way that we're going to try and train for it we're going to train a bit more tactically because i think we've shown in oslo that we can race that type of race like that kind of jacob stewie race where it's like you know if you want to beat me you're going to have to you know just run something crazy tim cherry um, yeah, Tim. Yeah, and like Abel kept saying, who's been running crazy, ran three thirty one at altitude. Yeah. That guy can drop a fifty six, fifty four in the middle of the middle of the race. So, really, Jakob will probably be preparing the same way as a lot of other athletes. But for me, like I've shown in Oslo that I can run in that type of style of race where it's just really quick. Now I just got to train and, and get prepared for a race where it's not like that, and that's probably what we'll be doing leading up to World Champs. Yeah, I think like yeah. NCAA's as well, like going through years of that kind of. You, you've learned so yeah. much with those tactical yeah. races. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure you have n- no problems with that. While we touch on NCAAs, I um, watched your win. Was that in 2018, <laughs> Ollie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's ask, where the fuck was the celebration? Uh, I actually didn't realize I won. 
Okay. Because I was, was watching, was kinda... you just come, you come storming through the line, and then yeah. the camera's on you, and you've got this like faint smirk. That's a, at best, <laughs> it's just a faint smirk. And I'm thinking, come on, give us something. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a shy sophomore boy from from Sydney. I didn't, I honestly didn't, because my my whole goal going to that race was actually just to get all American. I thought that'd be like an amazing achievement. And Josh uh, at the time was just incredible athlete and just killing it. So he looked untouchable uh, going into it, but. It was very rainy, very messy race, and I remember coming out from the outside into lane, lane two or three, to like kind of close down to try and hold a spot. And then all of a sudden, I realized I was creeping up really quickly, and I and I passed across the line. So there's a, I got a photo. There was a good photo of me looking up at the screen because I just didn't know if I won or not. So I was waiting for the results. Yeah. And then when it came up, I had that little smirk. I was like, oh, shit, I won. That but was I it, like was only a to... small smirk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you missed I, I felt like it was too late to celebrate because I missed my shot. <laughs> yeah, but, you can't uh, do a delayed yeah. one minute arms up. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like that, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, they were already done taking photos. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I was like, oh, yeah, that was, didn't even realize what happened. It was kind of one of those races. It was just, it was over kind of quickly. And I was like, oh, shit, I won. So, that's where the smirk came from. <laughs> Um, we put out a, a call for questions uh, for you and this is where we know that your, yeah, your podcast is pretty successful because there was that many inside jokes that we have no idea yeah. what we're talking about. <laughs> I think like one was if like would Morgan consider Brett and Joel heavy hitters or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is, uh, this is the thing. So we, we have a thing called Morgan's Heavy Hitters. Um, which is like based off like American sports. Like uh, they talk about baseball or basketball or football, like the, the heavy hitters, like the big ones, the big stars. Um, so a heavy hitter is like someone who's like a big star, like a big star in Australia or a big yeah. star overall. So Morgan, and I would consider you guys heavy hitters. Ah, good. Um, good. We've actually we've mentioned you guys on the pod. <laughs> we've mentioned you guys on the pod before previously. Um, so uh, we always shout out the Aussie boys and uh, give a lot of love there. So that's, that's what heavy hitters means. There you um, go. Do you like Mountain Dew? Because there was a few about Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah, I drink a lot of it. Yeah, yeah I remember <laughs> actually when we were in London together and like we roomed together for a bit, and you, you'd be drinking oh, soft yeah. drink and eating lollies in your bed all day. <laughs> yeah, it's not a myth. People think that I make up a character that I lie about it, and I was like, trust me, there are some Aussies and Teddington that know that I yeah, have a yeah, terrible we know, diet. We know. And I eat shocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to get better at it. Like I drink sparkling water instead, and it's just not the same. <laughs> no, in your I got, water. No, I, th- I think I think it's because like I just like my freaking gly- like, my gl- like, glucose tolerance is just like ridiculous now. I probably got diabetes soon, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> talking about your podcast, so you do that. That's with um, you, Morgan, and George Beamish, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I will. We uh, let's just hope we don't have a podcast race off because I think we'd be in we'd yeah. be in strife. Well, we already have an extra uh, extra guy, but what we could do is we could give you Gus. We just give you my dog, Angus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually, we had heaps English. of questions about Gus too. Yeah. And I was thinking, who yeah. the fuck's Gus? And I did a little bit of it. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah. Oh, Gus maybe is gonna, yeah. Maybe we'll just meet He's a logo. Middle, meet in the middle logo, of the half yeah. marathons or something. Yeah. Half <laughs> yeah. Marathon. Oh, jeez. I don't know if I could uh, get rinsed in a half. How is Gus doing? <laughs> Gus, if everyone that doesn't know Gus, is, uh, is, he, is he a British Bulldog, American Bulldog? Yeah, yeah, British English British bulldog. bulldog. He's yeah. good. He was stressed about the house because he didn't know where everything is. Like yeah, he was, so he I was just, just moved house as well, out. and I'm, I have a French yeah. bulldog, and yeah. uh, he's stressing as well. He's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> doesn't does, does Jordy have a Frenchie as well? Yeah, yeah. So we've got two, two Frenchies yeah. living living together right now. 
Jordy's Jordy's awesome. way uglier though, and I'm just saying that because I know Sarah Billings is going to listen. No, to I, I've seen I've seen Brett's I've seen Brett's and Brett's is a good looking Frenchie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, I know, I know because I've, I've seen I've, I've seen on Instagram. I was like, that's a good looking Frenchie. You're going to get a message um, from Sarah Billings saying what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> well, Sarah's a, Sarah's a big fan of Gus as well, and and she and I I know her and Jordy with with uh, their Frenchie, but the problem is like I just like Brett's looks better than me. Yeah, I like yeah, Frenchies. They're both cute what as hell. What can you do? Man. They're both cute as hell. <laughs> I mean, Frenchie's better than any other dog. Like any other dog I've seen in the street, Jordy's Frenchie's better. So, um, um, yeah. Anyway, a couple of these listener questions from Anna Grace Hogue. Um, how have you dealt with fame and pressure throughout your career? Um, that's a good question. I I don't really think I was yeah. famous at all. It's always a hard I, question. I in these ones. Yeah, I I think in running you're just not famous unless you're like Jakob or like Shakar. Like do you, you're one of those like supersede the sport like Mondo. Um, I think Stewie as well is quite quite famous, uh, particularly how he's done the past year because like no Australian's ever been near like that kind of two one two three winning diamond leagues anyway in the middle distance and Stewie's doing it. So I think he's quite. I always say he's quite famous, um, particularly for me. Uh, looking up to him coming from the same event, definitely. There's a difference between, you know, Stewie obviously being in Australia and then being Australian based. And it's like he does stand out a whole lot more. Whereas like you being in America, there's a the depth is just so much more, mm. you know. So there is a lot of guys that are just like, you know, the yeah. total freaks and there's a lot. So you go to a race and there's a bunch of you. So I'm sure there's yeah. probably a difference there where you are you probably do feel more modest being in America because you're like, oh, there's a bunch of guys. Whereas maybe if mm. you're in living in Melbourne, you'd be <laughs> Yeah, you'd be <laughs> driving around in a blacked out SUV. <laughs> no, I think I think that particularly in general, like you guys probably would agree with this. Like distance runners are very, very modest people. Um, like I met most athletes that I meet at distance runs, super humble guys, really nice people. Um, like and like the sprinters are sort of the people that are a bit more like yeah, the yeah, famey yeah. kind of people yeah. out there, kind of very confident people. Um, whereas the distance runs are much more modest, much more reserved, but they just get shit done. And uh, I feel like it's nice to be able to be like that sort of uh, mentality. I think a lot of, a lot of distance runs have that, but I think honestly the coffee club pod, particularly just doing that um, has really helped our kind of uh, fame, profiles. if you want to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. Our profiles. Cause like when we go to meets, people will be yelling at coffee club and that's we'll honestly. be giving out <laughs> stickers and stuff like Brent that. that that's really that. helped our, yeah, it's really helped our, um, our branding really because people, have been able, I'm sure with your podcast too, like you're able to kind of get a conversation and create more of a character than what you see on the screen in a race. And that's really helped out fans in, in uh, the US. And for me coming home to Australia and be able to compete at the national championships for the first time, uh, that was exciting because I had people come up and, and ask for photos and were big fans of, of Coffee Club, but big fans of just, just running in general. Um, that was really cool. Uh, with the pressure side of stuff, honestly, it's just like just practice i i think i don't know about you brett going through like uh multiple australian teams but like every time you go through it i think you get more experience and more knowledge with how to deal with it and the next time you go through it it's like okay this seems familiar i know how to kind of go through i know how to deal with it so like just repetition of going through that kind of pressure that kind of anxiety um competing at that high, such a high level um I, you just if you do it more often it kind of seems to normalize it a little bit more and you kind of get more confident and more relaxed with it because I feel like um, when you start initially, it's very, very hard to just not get overwhelmed um, when you're not completely used to what's going on and how much of a big deal this, this is. And then once you keep 
uh, moving forward and hopefully make more teams. I think maybe that's what's helping me with the pressure is with diamond leagues. Like I remember Gateshead, like I couldn't sleep. That was my first ever diamond league. And now moving forward to a few other diamond leagues I've been fortunate enough to do. Um, I feel much more relaxed and composed because I was like, okay, I, I know the process, I know the system, I know what I'm going to hopefully expect uh, going into this. And that helps me deal with the pressure and, and, and deal with kind of that kind of high level of competition. Yeah, for sure. I think at the start, it's always like more external pressures and you're thinking about what other people think or, or they expect from you. But then as you get on, it's like more internal pressure that you put on yourself um, yeah. to perform and and then I, I think having a great team around you that as you do, it's kind of what helps that when I think you're always going to, the pressure's going to come off when you see Joe Klecker run the night before and, and, and like smash a race. So you, you know, your group's in shape when you're in good shape. So I think it, beca- it definitely becomes easier with practice. Yeah, 100%. We uh, have a question here from Kevin Bat. I'm sure you know that name. <laughs> he said, um, post, post running, <laughs> you know, with Kev, it's going to be something pretty silly. Um, post running career, would you consider hanging up the spikes and returning no, to the two kilometer post Olympics? Yeah. So in the prime of his career. But. Oh, I, tell you, so yeah. I edited it because I thought it was so such a dumb question. No, no. When, <laughs> when he's in his prime, would you okay, so it's <laughs> Post-Olympics, <laughs> post-Olympics, would you consider hanging up the spikes and returning to the two-kilometer beach run? <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I, uh, that was my thing in surf club was like that one thing that I thought, oh, I could, I could win that was the two-kilometer beach run because I did, I did board and, and surf and everything for North Kerala. And Kevin Bat is currently, I think he's still in Cronulla. Yeah, he's he living is. in Cronulla, um, yeah. Yeah, he is in Cronulla. So he's a, he's a Cronulla boy. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, honestly, honestly, Kev, uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, I've won, I've won every single one except for the open one. So if I can come <laughs> back and then be able to somehow pull that off, um, I'll dedicate that race to you, uh, to yeah. Kevin Bat. But, maybe after the Olympics, um, so. <laughs> Yeah, maybe after the Olympics. But unfortunately, yeah, I, I do miss the surf club lifestyle. I feel like that's so unique coming from the States to – to not experience that anymore, like just the beach lifestyle in Australia. I so miss you that grew a lot, up in but Cronulla? Yeah. I live I in Carimbo, which is like five, ten minutes away. It's it's one of the hardest places to run. <laughs> yeah, it's shocking. It's, it's shocking. shocking. Yeah, because I've been there like the Have bays you? a few times and it's just like, yeah. I don't know, you just it's run shit. north, you run to the airport pretty much and or, or it's just like, or hilly or, or sandy. I don't know. It wasn't. It's wasn't not very good. long either. Nah. It's like, so. yeah, It's it's uh, there needs to be more there. trails in that area. Your dad was a professional surf lifesaver, right? Yeah, he was. He was the world. He was the world two-kilometer beachfront champion two times. <laughs> he always brings it up. My mom and my mom and my brother and, and myself will be like, "Oh, my brother was a good swimmer, so he represented Australia um, in, New, in New South Wales a few times in swimming." And my mom was a good water polo player, so they'd always bring that up. And my dad's like, "Hey, but you guys aren't world champions yeah. in two-kilometer beachfront." And then sit down and have a beer because he knew he knew it was he knew it was bullshit, but he, he loves it. Like he loves. It. You're yeah, like, hey, Dad, I just ran 347 mile. And he's like, yeah, but are you world champ? Beach, you've been two. Yeah. He's a, he's a world time. champion. He's a world <laughs> champion. Um, but yeah, like he, uh, yeah, he was, he was a professional lifesaver. He, he did the uh, lifesaving for Cronulla for quite a while, actually. Um, and then he, he ran a bit with uh, Andrew Lloyd, who was a Commonwealth Games 5K champ and um, did a lot of Europe trips with them and, and ran around. I mean, he knew Nick Badeau, uh quite early on when he was young. So that's how like, Nick kind of knew me and, and my dad when I was coming through. Is he knew my dad from just going to Falls Creek. Uh, he did that kind of thing with all the Australian runners when he was growing up. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, he likes to he likes to play that card when he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, is there any races between now and World Champs? 
No, no, just, just, just chilling out. I think for me as well, like, um, I've been traveling a lot. Like I've been to Europe twice already. Um, and wow. then pre, and I think, uh, a lot last year in particular, I was really trying to prove myself. Um, because like with the 1500, you had Jai, uh, Rambo and Stewie, all guys that are, 330, 334, 332, even quicker, uh, 1500-meter runners, absolute class. And, like, I was just trying to prove myself every race last year to try and put myself in contention for a spot. And that kind of, feel like, drained me a lot of the season, whereas this year we're able to kind of just race the specific races. Um, and we've done definitely what we wanted to do. And I don't need to race anymore until Worlds. And plus, as you guys know, like, Com Games is, like, not yeah. very far after, after World Champs. So. Com Games, yeah. Yeah, I'll do the 1500 at comms. I'm really excited about that because that'll be my first common games team, um, which I've always wanted to do since I was a little kid. And World Champs is obviously definitely more um, priority uh, just because it's World Champs. And then common games will be really exciting afterwards. Uh, And then I'll probably either run Brussels or Lisson Diamond League and then Zurich Diamond League final, um, which is really cool because the on headquarters that's just been opened up is literally down the road from the Zurich Stadium. Uh, so a lot of the on founders and all the on employees come to watch uh, the Zurich Dumb League final. Will be a pretty sweet moment for uh, for the brand. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, um, yeah, thank you so much, Ollie, for this. It's it's been great. I think I don't know, very easy to speak to. You've given a lot of a lot of information. So thank you, and um, definitely good good luck for World Champs and Com Games. Um, yeah, hope you smash it out there. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate it, and all the best. I just want to say uh, one last thing before we go, Ollie. Um, yeah, we Brett and I obviously have got this got this interview done on on video, and we've been staring at this painting. Oh, yes. Uh, the whole <laughs> we've been staring at this beautiful painting. So uh, just to describe it, it's um, it's a beautiful abstract uh, piece of the Sydney Opera House that Ollie painted himself. So we're gonna put <laughs> a, we're gonna get Ollie to send a photo to us and. Yeah. Uh, and we will post that on our socials so that everyone else can listen to the interview while looking at that beautiful piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not just I'm not just a runner. I, more, I got layers. I'm like an onion. I'm like an onion. Um, but I hope to. We hope to. Coffee Club hopes to do a, a, a collaboration with all the kudos in the future. If you guys yeah, are ever down for, for sure. it, so we'll, uh, definitely let us know if you if you have some free time. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we we love to love to work with you guys. Yeah, you do great sure. stuff. So. Yeah. yeah, you heard it here first, everyone. It's happening. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks so much, Ollie. Ollie. See ya. Appreciate it, guys. All the best. All right. I hope you uh, enjoyed that interview. Thanks again, Ollie. Yeah, thank you, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We may as well keep this in, but you but, go, you go, how are we gonna go? <laughs> how are we gonna go back into the episode now? And I'm like, leave it with me, brother. <laughs> and it wasn't that good. Was I thought most, you had something cool to do. It was the most unsmooth transition on air. Um, no, that was it. I knew that we get a few laughs. So. But uh Ollie did mention at the end there about his podcast and Yeah. And and he does listen, which is cool. So did, yeah. does he listen? Well, at least Morgan. I know Morgan, Morgan listens. listens. I'm pretty sure Morgan listens more. He's never ever coming on the podcast. Is he? <laughs> he wants to come on so bad. <laughs> nah, I like Morgan. I want him nah, on. Yeah, he can come on. But um yeah, they we talked a little bit about maybe doing something with them, which yeah, would be cool. That'd be cool. A joint so. a joint thing um at some point. They do the video stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're a bit ahead of us. Yeah. They they're direct rivals. Yeah. So. We need it. We really need to get the video yeah. going. Um 
but yeah, also <laughs> how funny was that? Uh, I wonder if Ollie can um, make an art print of his yeah, painting. Yeah, I know. Oh, he, yeah, we've got the photo of it. We'll we're we're going we're to put the photo up, but I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind uh, him making like, you know, 10, 10 editions of that yeah, beautiful, beautiful print for us to yeah. <laughs> put it on the FTK store. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. Send in some offers of what you guys would pay, and we'll, we'll organise it. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't like the um, art, then just send Jordy Williams a message, and <laughs> yeah, <let it> know. <laughs> he'll process that complaint for you. No worries. <laughs> um, all right, Instagram segment. Did I think of another one? I think. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Okay, you, you go with yours. I'll go yeah, with mine. So I had I had one, and I don't even know how it came up, but it was one to do with Global Running Day, and. I saw it in the last week because yeah. I've sent it to someone in the last week and then I go to look at it and I couldn't find it and I'm like, oh, this person has deleted it <laughs> and um, and then I found it again but it was from weeks ago so I don't know. It's, it's too long ago to bring up. Yeah, the person's off the hook this time. Yeah, but pretty much as a race walker named Clara Smith who, <laughs> who, who posted a photo of her global running day and it's all pictures of her walking. So <laughs> she's missed the brief. <laughs> But we, I won't mention it because... Uh, yeah, don't mention yeah, that. Because it's too, too long. Of ago. course, of course. <laughs> You're off the hook, Clara. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Um, so mine, uh, look, it's as as FTK gets bigger, it's really good because we don't have to actually spend that much time looking because yeah. this stuff gets sent to us. This video has been sent to us, what, probably 200, 250 mm-hmm. times? Um I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. I'm going to pronounce his first name wrong. <laughs> On purpose or? No, his name's Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Ebler, and then there's characters that I don't know. He's from, uh, he's from Denmark and he raced his national championship um, in the 5K on – it was yesterday – and he came first and he ran 14-17. Um, I don't know if it was a tactical race or whatever. Who cares? Um, even if he ran 13-17, you shouldn't be celebrating like this. We uh, we like taking the piss out of people's celebrations on this podcast and Joel here celebrates six different times in the home <laughs> really? straight. Yeah, have you not even seen the video no. yet? He does. It's like he's ticking the celebrates at the top of the straight and then his brain goes, actually, I can do one better and he does something else <laughs> and then his brain goes, actually, I could do this and then he's like, by the time he crosses the line, he's done seven different <laughs> different celebrations. The only he one he did them all out, didn't know which one. Yeah. Like, oh, it'll come to me as I cross the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only one he didn't do was the archer. That was the <laughs> only one. <laughs> so, um, Joel, do better, please. Um, mine is pretty much all over social media, but Shikari Richardson, who's mm. the 100 meter... Um, woman from america who like wears all like she wore like big like fishnet things on yeah. her on her arms the other day and like has the long eyes and nails and like i don't mind that stuff like it's kind of cool yeah. to see um has like sequins all over a nike kit like i don't even know you're allowed to do that to be honest yeah but um she adds that on yeah and then but she just complains yeah. and like so she it, when she's running well she's all happy and everything when she's not running that well she like refuses to speak to the media she like has a go at the media yeah um Bit of a diva, yeah, and so she's it not. It's good for the like. It's good for the sport in terms of you know we're talking about it now. I know it's like those personalities in the sport are pretty cool. Okay, but. yeah, it's good because um, but then she um Get it sorry out. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just, just okay just I literally just got a message on my phone and I started reading it as I'm speaking. <laughs> forgot we're live on air just reading text messages um, I went to get up the, the post and then got distracted but anyway <laughs> now's not the best time to get Athletics mate. Weekly um, put up a, p- a picture of her saying like major news from USA Champs like she's out of world championships because she's yeah. not making it yeah. and she replies saying if you post me again I will sue y'all 
Yeah. Like she threatens people. Like you by say you? I'm, I'm quoting her. It was a y'all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said you with just a weird southern y'all. twang. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, that, that's what she's like. If people like post a photo of her, she like threatens to sue them. Yeah. So we're probably going to get sued. This could be our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know our legal team. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Cooked it. I'm the funniest joke. Now it's ruined. I'm going to save that for myself now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure about her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. What did you, that, that uh, red it was like? What was it? Knitted. It was like a knitted. Um, yeah, I don't like. Kind of like looks like something my nana would yeah. have knitted. Um, and then everyone was taking the piss, and then Craig Engels put up that post, and people yeah, yeah. were photoshopping it onto him. Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for that. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> got it out eventually. I've got to reply yeah. to this message. Can you just? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just lead the next episode. Um, so yeah, an exciting announcement. Um, obviously, the World Champs Oregon twenty twenty two are coming up in uh, what three? Just over two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, I think starts the fifteenth. So yeah, yeah. So we are going on a little break from normal programming. We are just not, for one week. Just for one week, we are not going to put out a Q and A episode, and we are not going to put out a normal episode because we can't be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, we've got an exciting special uh, world championship special sponsored by Up There Athletics, um, where we're going to be releasing an episode every single day covering the events um and we're gonna (laughs) (laughs) nice one joel um we're going to yeah it's going to be probably a 30 minute episode yeah every day yeah we'll see we're we're not good at keeping things (laughs) short if we've got stuff to talk about but exactly um yeah just brief things every day you can hear from us um recapping the events from the day previous um a little preview for the next day yeah things to look out yeah we'll try and get some athletes um, after the races for some short interviews as well, yeah. which should be cool. Like, yeah. um, Our inspiration is sort of like, you know, when you're watching the Olympics, um, obviously, Brett, you're not usually watching the Olympics because you're there, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, we're watching it on like Channel 7 or whatever and they've got that and there's just, you can just put it on and there's people talking about it all the time and we obviously know a lot of our listeners are going to be busy. Um, it's not like people are working in the offices in Melbourne and the and their bosses are like, oh, take the two weeks off because World yeah. Champs is on. It's so, on at a shit time too, so. Yeah. So you wake up in the morning, listen to the uh, listen to our recap, and yeah, thank you to Up There Athletics for um, partnering with us on that. So it's going to be uh, also be a tipping contest, yes, with it um, with some prizes from Up There Athletics as well. Yeah, so it's going to be, be cool. It's going to be cool. Um, yeah, we're obviously not everything, not all the details are ironed out, but we're announcing it here first, um, and then yeah, you'll see it all across our socials, and we'll sort of talk about it more in the upcoming episodes. And Ollie Hall will be. One of the athletes that's running there, so it's yep. kind of a good time to announce it yep. at the end of his episode, for sure. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so again, hope to see you all at the FTK Shakeout on Saturday, nine thirty, Surface Paradise Arch, Cavill Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird. I know. <laughs> um, but bring it. <laughs> Oh shit! I feel like we've been laughing. The best thing about this podcast is, depending on Brett and I's mood, we've either got heaps of laughs throughout the episode, or no laughs at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks again to Pillar Performance for partnering with us on episode eighteen. Head to pillarperformance.shop. See you guys. See you later. <laughs>